Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. This is Lock It In, a sports betting show. Part of the Believe Podcast Network. And now, here's your host, Cam Rogers. And welcome into Lock It In with Cam Rogers right here on Believe. And I'm very excited to have a fellow Terp here on the show, former NFL cornerback Nolan Carroll, 2010 fifth round selection played for the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Cowboys, you know him. Now he's the current head coach and AD for Jacksonville Athletic Academy. And of course, the host of Conversations with Carol podcast. We'll cover it all right here on the show. What's going on, Nolan? Hey, what's going on, Cam? Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, great to be with you, sir. And I want to start where it all began for both of us in the college stage, College Park, University of Maryland. I'm a proud alum, class of 2017. Got to ask you, what got you to committing and siding with Maryland and talk about your experience overall there? Yeah, definitely. The The main factor that that allowed me or made my decision easy was Coach Friesen. You know, Coach Friesen was a guy that he's actually going into the Hall of Fame uh, right. probably here in the next couple of months. But he was a guy that allowed me to, well, first he told my parents, I want your son to get his education. That was the first and foremost because football is not forever. And he was the one that really explained that first before any other coaches that were recruiting me told me about that. And he had me see the vision five, 10 years down the road, as opposed to just right now. And him doing that really helped me and shaped me being the person I am today. And it just made my decision easy. But once I got to Maryland, man, it was, it was all about toughness. He, he made sure you worked for everything. And I'm glad he did that because just now in my life, just after football, even when I was playing football, everything I had to do, I had to work for it. And right. that made me appreciate the journey. That made me appreciate the contracts that I got. That made me appreciate the plays that I was able to make because I was able to put in that hard work. But it really started at Maryland. And that mindset that Coach Friesen instilled in me was to show up every day, be disciplined, respect your elders, and and just work. Because when you do work, great things will happen. So that's that's made my decision very easy. I had other schools, but Ultimately, it came down to College Park, and I'm glad I made that decision because there's guys, there's coaches there that I still have a relationship with, and we still have great stories. And like I said, I'm just I'm happy I went to the University of Maryland. Same here. I wish I was good enough to play football, but that's awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is there ever any homecoming visits on your calendar? Do you ever go back, hit bents, hit the bars? You ever uh, get a taste of nostalgia? <laughs> I went down to Bentley's one time, and this was 2019, obviously before the pandemic. And I went down there and it's just reminiscing. Just remember when I was 18, trying to sneak into Bentley's just to get into the bar and then, you know, just chilling across the street. That's mostly what I would do. I wouldn't really go out to the bars too much. I would just hang out with my buddies on the opposite side of the road where Bank of America was, where 
you know, the strip mall is. And we just hang out, man. And those were really the better memories because we just sit and just talk, man, just talk about ball, talk about life, talk about dreams that we wanted to do, how to get to get into the league, being a father one day. You know, so those are the things I really remember with my teammates there. But not really stepping into the bars and, and really entertaining and drinking too much. But it was it was fun to just be there and be, be out in the atmosphere. Route one is it's a great place. It can be good and bad sometimes. It just depends right. on how you want to make your night, you know? Yeah, good and bad is the right way to put it in terms of Route 1. <laughs> Do not stay out there past 2 a.m. That's crime time, as they say exactly. at the University of Maryland. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I could talk to you about Maryland forever. I just want to wrap up by asking you about Loxley. I mean, he comes over from Alabama, obviously has quite a pedigree. I was really excited when we brought him on. What are your thoughts in terms of what he's building right now with the program? I think it's phenomenal. I think him coming in and and having that mindset of of chasing greatness, uh, working for it. It's just from him being in Alabama, seeing, being around Nick Saban, going to those bowl games, going to those championships, grooming first round talent. I mean, that that pedigree of what he brings to Maryland is something that we've needed since, you know, Freedom's been gone, you know, and, and I think bringing that back, creating that culture and having guys compete in the Big Ten is is a big thing that he brings to the table. But you also see all the other things that he's really been able to do in a short time he's been there. I mean, they got Coalfield House at where they tore it down. Now they built up the brand new facility. It looks very amazing. And and now it's just you, you just see everything that's going on with with the school and the identity that they're trying to bring to to Maryland. And let everybody know, hey, we're back. We're still here. Don't forget about us, even though we're in the Big Ten. We can still compete. We can still play in these big time games. And I think that's what he's he's really bringing to the table with these guys. And and I watch Terp's uh, Instagram page. I, I follow Coach Loxley. I talk to him here and there. And you can just tell you can feel the energy on that team is is on the up and up. So I'm definitely excited for this season coming up. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Should be exciting in the Big Ten here this college football season. Turning to the NFL, you were part of the Chip Kelly era for some time here, and obviously he's now in the college ranks right now, but I do want to ask you about your experience playing for Chip Kelly because he really brought a unique sort of style of football to the NFL stage, and maybe you have some fun stories to share. Talk a little bit about yeah. your experience with the Eagles there. Yeah, it was for me it was an adjustment because I had been so used to just how the NFL was uh, basically run, you know, as mm-hmm. far as just how it's typically run. And then Chip came and he brought in this scientific aspect to it that I was reluctant to, to really accept it at first, but what he did teach me while he was there was how to take care of my body really well to be able to push it past my limits. And that was some of the things I didn't really know in Miami. I was still trying to learn how to right. take care of my body. I had a lot of soft tissue injuries throughout my four years that I was there. I still played through it, but I just hated that I had those lingering things. And when I got to Philadelphia, it was test after test after test, just to monitor your body. And I think that really helped me a lot and be able to play the way I was able to play. The way I know Nolan Carroll knows how to play is aggressive, play fast, play smart. And everything you did was always testing to push your limits. And if you really bought into it, you could just see the guys that excelled. You can see the guys that were able to produce more. And I just look at other guys that I played with. I, I see Malcolm Jenkins, who played. I think over 1,100 snaps the same year uh, in 2015. And you see Darren Sproles kind of revitalize himself after he came from New Orleans. And then you see Lane Johnson take off. You see uh, Carson, well, not Carson Wentz, sorry, but um, uh, Zach Ertz. He was, you just see the production of guys going up and up. And I think that just came to the fact that 
it was just monitoring your body every single day, pushing past your limits and also to understanding the mental part of the game and knowing that the mental part, if you can think faster, the game gets slower for you. And if the game gets slower for you, you're able to see everything. And, and that's what he's able to do for me. It just sucks that I couldn't finish in the last five games. I, I broke my ankle in 2015, but you know, I was, I think that was going to be my best year statistically just from all the things that he was able to do in that off season that I had in, in 15 leading up into the season. So that's the one thing I can say. Not everybody was accepted to it, but the ones that did, you could just see the production and, and how it was just based off of what he brought to the table with that. Yeah, it's a great point. You talk about taking care of the body and what have you. When you think about Chip Kelly, you don't really go straight to that. You think about the offensive adjustments that he made, you know, coming into Philadelphia, which probably didn't affect you as much. Maybe it kind of changed your mindset and practices and seven on sevens. It did. It did. It's as far as us being on the field more. And that's why we had to really take care of our bodies because I went from playing 60 something plays on, on the high end of 60 plays and now going almost 85 plays a game. And that's a lot in the NFL, if you think about it. So most guys couldn't do that for 16 games straight. And it's hard to do that and take care of your body, but we were able to do that. And that was only because of, of the stuff that he brought into the facility to allow us to take care of our bodies. We had massages available almost every single day. We had schedules in the ice tub and the cold tub. We had flexibility time. We had flexibility time during practice. So it was a lot of things that he did to make sure that we were able to sustain that that 16 week season. Well, or hey, the 16 games that we played in 17 weeks. Right. You're still reaping the benefits. You're in fantastic shape, man. So no, clearly Chip it. Kelly <laughs> had a big influence on you. <laughs> I always love asking cornerbacks this question. Toughest wide receiver you ever faced and why? Man. See, I can't. I'm sure you've got working. a long list. There's, some There's a big there. list, but the, the one guy that I would say I would I was recurrently go up against that was the toughest was Des Bryant by far he's just one of those guys where it it wasn't just a finesse game with Des it was a physical game with Des even when I pressed him it was all physical he was just going to make sure that it was body on body contact and you didn't ever want to get to that point because he's going to win most of the time Mm -hmm. so it was a lot of hey you got to play mind games with Des you got to make sure that you're in his ear you got to trash talk and that's one of the things I don't really do too much but Des brought it out of me almost every single game and I really appreciate that because at the end of the game, there's a respect factor between him and I that goes a long way, even after the game. And even when I, I went to Dallas, it was that respect factor. But I could say him by far because once he catches the ball, he turns into a running back. He's hard to take down, man. So you could just see the dominance that he had for the time he was in the league. And he has a record, I think, for, for touchdowns in, in a Cowboys uniform. So that just shows you how productive he's been, even when he played hurt. And he's my top guy, I would say. There's other guys, but He's the number one that I I had to get my mind right the week before when I knew I was playing Dallas the the next week, the following week. Got to get that mindset right for Dez. That totally makes sense. That was my guess. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, you know, the NFC East very well. Let's talk about Jalen Hurts and this 2022 campaign here for the Eagles. Your impressions of Jalen so far in his career. Is he the guy to take the Eagles all the way? I think he can. And and you really saw how the light kind of clicked on for him when they really let him use his legs. I really see as as a mobile quarterback that's able to be dangerous, two-dimensional guy. When you get him out in space and able him to use his feet and see the field on the run instead of just sitting there in the pocket, not discrediting the O-line because that O-line is great. As long as they still got Kelsey and they still Mm -hmm. got Lane, I mean, they're still good. But to allow him to run and allow him to move, and now you got to think about him, you got to think about 
uh, Smith. You got to think about Brown, which they just added now. It's just one of those things where it's like, geez, now you got Dallas Gobert that's finally letting the light click on. It's like, man, you either got to contain him. If you can contain him, you got to try and contain the guys on the outside. And I think that's pretty hard to do because you have one guy that is Pro Bowl caliber and he's big. And then you have another guy that just broke Deshaun record, Deshaun Jackson's record for rookie receiving yards. So when you see that type of production, when you see that type of talent, it's just hard to really say, hey, look, we can only key on one guy. So I think for him, now all the pieces are there in place. I think the right coaching staff, he's had the right coaching staff for the last two years or this second year coming up. So I just see that his production will be fine. He'll be more calm in the pocket. And I just don't think the pressure is on him as much as it used to be his first year and he was there because everybody was just complaining about, you know, Carson leaving him coming in and taking on the reins. But I think that helped him a lot as far as seeing the pressure, knowing how to understand it and bear with it and then grow. I think the sky's the limit for him. So I really believe that they can do it this year. I just think the pieces are in place. They, their running game was amazing towards the end of the season. That's what really got them in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So that's another burden that he doesn't have to worry about always throwing it with his arm. You can just give it. And here we go. you got Miles Sanders that pretty dangerous as well, too. I forgot to mention him. So all the pieces are in place. I think the pressure isn't on him to really go out there and win every single game. He's got the tools. He just needs to go out and play like he did when he was at Oklahoma, basically. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people thought the Eagles, you know, were just happy to be there in the playoffs, you know, making mm -hmm. that surge in the later, later part of the season. That running game is key, as you mentioned, quarterback's friend. So we'll see what happens here in 2022. A couple of our, uh, NFL storylines here. One I want to ask you right here. He was in the league when you were in the league. Colin Kaepernick, he worked out for the Raiders pretty recently. Derek Carr went out and said he'd be happy to have him on the team, would get along well with him. What's going on here, Nolan? Because I think he should be on a roster, perhaps not a starter. I don't know. I'm, I'm not that intelligent to say. But he certainly should be on an active roster. So what gives here? Do you think he'll be on a team in 2022 or any other year? I think they should give him a chance. I mean, all the hoopla and, and the circus stuff is over with. I think people have come to a, a common ground as far as what the issues are that is off the field that he's brought to our attention and just let him go out and play, man. He's been saying it for the last five years. He still wants to play, still wants to compete. He wants to go out and show what he can do. So allow him to just go out and let him do what he needs to do. If the Raiders sign him, let him play in preseason and show everybody what mm -hmm. he can do for the other 31 teams. And I, I really commend Derek Carr for even doing that because most of the times you don't want that added attention of extracurricular activity on, on your team. But from what I've seen, what Derek Carr has been able to to really keep the ship together from all the stuff that happened last year with that organization. This is just something where he gets to mentor a guy. And I, I think Colin won't step on his toes because he understands it's his team and he just wants to be in the locker room. I mean, I, I can tell you this right now, it's, the locker room is probably the best place where you get to be yourself. And I think that's what Colin is. And Colin is a leader at the end of the day, what he did in San Fran was phenomenal. People didn't expect it. He, he went out and, and took him to a Super Bowl. So I think he, he still has qualities that a great quarterback can have. And look, I just look at Kansas City. They, they signed Chad Henney. Chad Henney is up there in age. You know, if he can still get a job and I'm not discrediting him, right. they should allow Colin to play because he's got the skill. He's got the athleticism and he can play on any 31 of those other teams if they do give him a chance. But I do commend the Raiders for even bringing him in, doing their due diligence in the process and see what level of value he can bring into that locker room because that's the most important. You don't want somebody toxic or somebody to make any riffs. So we'll, we'll see what goes, but I think he deserves an opportunity. 
All I'll say is I hope it was an honest move for the Raiders and not trying to save face with the John Gruden stuff from last year. Like that would be pretty lame if they did it like that and just tried to make it a PR move. So yeah, we'll see what happens with Colin. I hope he's on a team here in 2022. Last NFL thing I want to ask you, Tom Brady back after a very short retirement, if you will, (laughs) I want you to put your mindset in Tom's just how hard is it to be sitting around and it's the winter time, it's late February, you're planning the rest of your life, if you will, and then you just have that click and you want to come back. Totally understandable. Yeah. I'm sure you weren't surprised. It, I, I wasn't surprised. I knew he would be back. It's just, if you look at his stats, man, statistically, he had the best season of his career and you're just leaving like that. I, I think he knew, especially they were not, it's not like they got blown out against the Rams. I mean, it was... It was just a blown coverage by Tampa Bay that really solidified that game. But if you look at the total totality of the game, Tampa Bay was up before they they had that surgery coming back. So I think Tom looking at that game, looking at his stats, kind of looking at what he had left in the tank and how far they could actually go with that team. And also the blessing from his family saying, look, we'll let you play another hopefully two or three more years. He said, look, I want to do this because Tom's got that drive, man. I've, I've played against the guy. I can't remember how many times, but. He just he has it, man. There's certain quarterbacks that you know when you look in their eyes, it's like it ain't going nowhere. That fire ain't going out. And he's one of those guys. But I think that's good for him to come back and compete. And I know he wouldn't have come back halfway. If he's gonna do, he's gonna go all the way and he wants to win. And if you really if you look at the statistics, every single year that he didn't go to the playoffs that year before, or I mean the the Super Bowl, the following year he went to the Super Bowl. So it's just interesting to see how it pans out this year. And if records hold true, but that's what I saw from the streak. So I think he's excited for the league just to have him come back because the way he ended ended his his career, so to speak, it left a, it left a bad taste in everybody's mouth because you want to see him kind of go on top just just by the person he is. Pull a John Elway right into the sunset with another Super Bowl. You know, <laughs> exactly. I think that's his plan. So we'll exactly. see what happens. All yeah. right, Nolan, uh, I want to talk to you about what you got going on right now. Of course, some great stuff happening here. Jacksonville Athletic Academy, you started this. What was the vision? What was the motivation to get this going? Yeah, well, my brother created it and he brought the idea to my attention to have a football program and just seeing what everything that happened with the pandemic. A lot of high school kids lost their opportunity to play collegiate football. And I just look at myself and, and saw what I was able to accomplish by going to college, by getting my education and having people really guide me because I didn't know what I was doing when I was a young kid. I just liked playing football. Mm. But then people started telling me, look, you can get a scholarship, have college paid for and have an opportunity to go to the NFL. And when I saw it that way, the light clicked on for me. But most of these kids don't have that guidance. They don't have that that father figure that's able to show them that. And when my brother told me this, I said, man, I'm not doing too much else. My business is kind of running itself. I'll do it. You know, and, and I got a couple of my other boys that played in the CFL, played in the NFL. They're all my coaching staff. And. We just coach guys. What we want to do is just teach them how to be a football player on and off the field, meaning how you represent yourself to yourself in the community and in school and get them prepared that when they do leave here from our our collegiate program, they're able to go somewhere else and contribute right away. Because if you look at it, the window from high school seniors to college is closing. I think it went from 7% to 5% uh, just in one year. So it's what it's showing me is College is no longer looking for high school kids to try and groom them to get ready and spend a whole year on them. They want guys that are ready to play now. So why not have them come to where I've done it before? My coaches have done it before. Get these guys prepared, know how to 
watch film, how to break it down, how to do their fundamental drills correctly, how to perform on the field, how to go to class, how to be early and on time and respect everybody. And, and when they, when you put both of those together, I think a coach will look at a guy that has less talent, but is able to do everything over a guy that has a lot of talent, but doesn't do everything. And he's getting in trouble and he's never coming to meetings on time. And he's doing being late, being a cowboy on the field, you know, so they much rather get the guy that's less talented and groom him to be where they think his potential can be. And that's what we want to do. That's what we want to be able to groom here at, at JA, because I think once they do that, those kids will start to have more confidence in themselves and, and really see the vision for their own life and want to attain more greatness and, and be better, be better and then give back to the community. Cause that's the biggest thing is being able to give back. And I've been fortunate enough to play in the NFL as long as I have and be able to come back to my hometown and do this and help the kids in the community. It's, I mean, it's great because my football experience, I can't share to everybody, but I can share it to the kids that are playing football and show them, you know, how, how it is, how it feels to prepare every single day and, and reach greatness really. Cause uh, I, like I said, I've done it all, man. I've been fortunate enough to have those right people. So I'm just trying to give back. And it sounds like what you're preaching is greatness doesn't mean Super Bowls for an NFL team. It means yes. helping in the community. It means being a great coworker. It's the yes. total package. Sounds like what you're really preaching. Yeah, we're really. At the end of the day, you hear it all the time. We're, we're building men. We're building young men. We want to be able to have young men come and contribute to society, not tear it down. And if football doesn't work out for them, at least there's something else for them to fall back on so they can use it, whether it's they know how to fill out or how to fill out their own resume, uh, how to go to a job interview, how to start their own business, you know, how to represent themselves when they're doing recruiting so they can get other coaches to see them, how to prepare on the field. It's just a whole bunch of different things that we're trying to do to make sure that they can self-sustain and be their own person once they once essentially football is over. Absolutely. Awesome stuff, man. And hey, been a great conversation with you. Conversations with Carol, your podcast. Talk a little bit about that and how fun that is for you so far. It's been fun, especially I get to open up a little bit more. I get to go in depth as far as my life and different experiences that I've had and being able to, to share with people and the guests that I've had on my show. I learn a lot from them because I look at it this way. Football and life are the same. There's a lot of qualities in football that teach you about life. And the people that come on my podcast are people that run businesses, they run teams, and they have other organizations. But a lot of the qualities are the same as a football team. And when you break it down that way, people are, are able to understand, look, it doesn't just happen overnight in business. you got to put in the work constantly. You'll never get the cheers. You'll never get the applause, you know, the first week you start a business. The same in football. It take, took me about four or five years before I even got drafted. I never even knew if I was going to get drafted. Mm. Same as a business. People put in work for five years in a business, probably not see a dime. And all of a sudden, it's just that that big day that you have where you're able to cash in or people are able to see your products more and you get more visualization to able to build your your uh, company. So they all go hand in hand. And, and like I said, when I have guests on these shows, I learn so much from them because they teach me. So it's not just about me talking to hear myself talk. I'm really trying to let people know the lessons that other people are teaching them and, and let them know that, hey, I'm just like this person. I started where they started with nothing and they were able to build their business up. These are the pitfalls they went through. This is how they overcame and persevered. And that's what I really want to exemplify in these shows is to let people know that you got it in you. You can do it. You just have to have confidence. You have to be consistent. You have to persevere. And when you do those things, great things happen.
Well, hey, I want to run through a brick wall right now after listening to you talk. This is awesome stuff, man. Nolan Carroll joining Lock It In with Cam Rogers. Check it out. Jacksonville Athletic Academy. He's doing great work. Conversations with Carroll as well. Nolan, appreciate the time, man. Appreciate it. No problem, Cam. No problem at all. Thanks for having me on, man. You got it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.